That's good. <laughs> Dennis, happy uh, evening hour to you, my friend. Happy hour. Uh, happy, happy hour. Yet another week has passed, and here right. we are again, speaking to each other. Hello. Hello again. And Hello. to our record number, 89 listeners. 89 listeners. We are Holy now. We're, we're getting close to the, to the triple digits. Because. Yeah, that was only for. The, that's the good news. The bad news is it was only for 30 seconds apiece. Oh, well, <laughs> shoot. Oh, get it. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Well, oh, well. Well, we just got through a big uh, major storm here. Of course, there's storms all across U.S. Louisiana got hit. Our New Orleans is underwater again, kind of as usual. I have a, I have a new coworker in New Orleans, and so I get some feedback oh, really? from there. Yep. Yeah, he's got like a guest house that I'm welcome to come visit in anytime, which is kind of cool for yeah you mentioned that like and did you tell me where he lived uh more more detail than that i don't i don't know i'm sure i get a street name for me so i'll uh place the neighborhood and tell you what i know about it all right it's one of the most exotic places i've ever been in the united states yeah without a without a a doubt we we exotic is pretty much the right word i think we take these turns every week where one of us has to give an interesting fact that we discovered or learned about and most of us are just like saying stuff that we discovered on the internet or whatever but but this guy he he's always giving us facts about new orleans and about in mardi gras this is he recently had one that was these are these weird laws because you know how in the u.s there are these bizarre laws that are still on the books in all the different areas because they're just they're just old and vestigial and are still there but never enforced and you know there was one that was like yes a woman is allowed to drive an automobile only if the only if her husband is walking in front of it, like waving a flag, <laughs> like being like <laughs> a true story. Yeah. No, but like it's these, it's these stupid hundred year old laws that are, that are like sort of still there. And, and another one was like, right. you is, can, that a, is that, that true? You can only buy, you can only buy like $20,000 worth of crawdads or something before it becomes illegal to, you know, buy, buy more credits. Just crawdads. weird, weird, I wonder uh, about that. weird stuff. So, yeah. so, Lots of storms in the U.S., I, I hear. Well, yeah, New Orleans flooded, which where we got started on that. But uh, here, kind of a flash flood thing, and my gutters became, my new gutters, my gutter system became clogged, and for the first time of the year, it was overwhelmed. I had a, I, no water got in my house, but the drainage systems both filled, and then water was everywhere outside, huh. gushing right into my garage, because we got... Four or five, six inches of rain in an hour. Just whoosh. So your gutters feed into Crazy. your garage? That seems like a If the gutters overflow, system. then the water hits the driveway. If it hits the driveway, it rolls toward the garage. My garage has the uh, terrible characteristic of being downhill from the rest of the house. Ooh. Which uh, means that that's where all the water goes. A garage should be level or a little higher than the house, actually. But level it's, easy, it's easy to get your car in there when, when you're out of gas, though. If it's downhill to roll it into the garage, uh, right? Yeah, it's my workshop. Actually, you couldn't. You can get a bicycle in there. Uh, what? What I do built you... a loft? This old, uh, this old shed to store stuff. So I'm getting it ready to empty my basement so that the guy can come in and put in a whole house water filter system because my water from the city comes out brown or green, sometimes clear, not usually, 
and also a water softener. So I'm having a major installation. So the domino effect huh. of home craft. The workers are coming. they got to have space. Right. The space in the basement is full of stuff. Uh-huh. To get the stuff out of the basement, you have to go through another part of the basement. That's full of stuff. Uh-huh. At the top of the stairs, that's full of stuff. On the top of the porch, that's full of stuff. So what I'm doing is I'm creating space maximum in my shed, my one-car garage, so that the stuff that's in the basement that is better suited for the shed can go there. Cutting tools, anything that causes dust, that's all tools for the outside shed. Right. So, wow. Machinery, you know, oil, you know, iron products, metal, fixtures, electrical, that's all inside work. Right. Because that's not dusty. In fact, it's the antithesis of dust. It's dust-free. You might as well be on the moon when you're working on electrical shit. You know what I mean, bro? I mean, isn't the moon sort of dusty? Oh. Dusty moon. Just just saying. Moon struck. Not yet, huh? That, that's it'll my project for... It'll be worth uh, the whole episode when you watch. It'll, it'll be worth the whole episode. Yeah. Maybe episode, like, 300 or something. We can put that up. We can have that as our goal. <laughs> At this, at this rate, at this rate. <laughs> so you, you latched onto billions, did you, and found that? I did. Louis Paul Giamatti. Yes. Are the two actors? They are. Damien Lewis. Yes. I, I've loved them for their whole careers. Damien Lewis. First, I really got to know him in Band of Brothers. He was the captain that led the whole troop. And then in Homeland, he was in the first season, semi-spoiler. He was, he was just amazing. And yes. What was, he? What, was part? What, what, what was his part? What part? What was his character? He was a, he was an American soldier that was accused of being a by for the Taliban or something. It was there was uh, there was a lot of ambiguity as to where his allegiances were, and beard he, or no beard, no beard. No, he was always pretty clean shaven, and so he was like he had been overseas and then was back home and was and there was some ambiguity as to whether or not he was helping the good guys or the bad guys. But that was those first. God, maybe he was in the second season too. Those first couple seasons of Homeland were really, really good. Uh, yeah, I uh, have never uh, seen one Homeland, so it may be my binge because it's on a uh, uh, show. Yeah, it's and Claire Danes. Claire Danes, of course, Little Women. Yes, is when she was the sick sister who fucking died a pitiful fucking death. Good lord, everyone who sees the movie sheds a tear. Poor Claire, she just she she just dies an awful death. Yes, she is uh, within a year of my age, and I've always sort of been sort of been a fan of hers. But she does a in Homeland. She does a really good bipolar disorder character. She oh, I didn't know that. Yes, uh, it's very 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 well well done. And of course, the other the other tentpole of Homeland is M- Mandy Potemkin. No, Ma- Ma- what the fuck? Yeah, Mandy Patikin. Uh, Mandy Patinkin. Patinkin. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Who? Patinkin. Patinkin. I've never actually heard his name pronounced. Yes. yes. He, oh, my God. He goes way He goes way back to he was the star 
of the oh damn the sword fighting yes Mel Brooks the movie. Princess Bride yes he was Princess Bride yes he was he was a my name is Inigo Montoya you killed my father prepare to die that <laughs> that guy but but apparently like and I had no like when I saw him in Homeland I had no clue that he was also that that guy but apparently he has had this amazing career on Broadway as a singer yes. like he's a and a pianist yeah he's he's a, he's, a, he's first a musician and secondarily an actor. And he is about, he's about your age. He was born in uh, 52, November yep, 30th. You're older than me. Yep. So about One month to the, to, the, to the day. November, no. Okay, whatever. December 3rd. So he was November 30th. Whatever. Whatever, it's just my birthday. Don't worry about so it. So anyway. It's just, uh, yeah, it's nothing special. So anyway, it's, it's basically, Homeland is basically Claire Danes, which is my, who is my age, and Mandy Potemkin, who's your age, and has a full beard. And it's, yeah. it's their, you know, banter between the older, wiser person and the younger, more bipolar person. So if he was in Dick Tracy with Warren Beatty. He was. Uh, yes. And what, is, what was his character? That was in 1990. Well, I, have to, well, I have to show this in the show notes because, yes. of course... Remember, speaking of that movie, remember Al Pacino in that movie? I don't, but I just saw him on, listed on the I, cast. I remember Madonna was I think in it. It's, it's one of his best performances. Madonna was a love interest. She was pretty sparkling. But Al Pacino, I think one of my favorite, one of my most favorite performances ever, ever. Totally in character. He was, he was grotesque. What a, he was riveting. What a wild cast. Also including Dick Van Dyke, Kathy Bates, Dustin Hoffman. Mandy Patinkin as 88 Keys, the piano player at the Ritz, at the Club Ritz. Uh, that's so, the music first and the acting second. James Caan. Wow. Caan, as the case, case may be. Wow. Yes, so I've been enjoying Billions. It's like... I, it's... In the same way that in the current environment, it, I feel a little ashamed to have so much enjoyed all the cop drama and law and order and those things where, you know, we're putting the bad guys away and now we're doing this serious questioning of what the fuck the police are supposed to be and do. I feel a little shame for enjoying so much watching the lives of basically American royalty with billions. Like it's, yeah. it's the super, super rich doing whatever they want and, Making these split second, super making these split second decisions that turn into uh, fifty million dollars in one day, and stuff like that. Well, and, and you know, Chuck Rhodes, Chuck Rhodes, Paul Giamatti's character, yeah. is in the same office that Giuliani had before he became mayor of New York City. Well, and, and they don't they don't the shut up about suing Trump. Yeah, they, they they don't shut up about the fact that oh, this is the office that that is held before you become mayor. Like you know, this is a stepping stone. Well, in in this case, he went to attorney general. Oops, spoiler. Oh, sorry. Stop it. Oh well. Yeah, but it yeah. it's yeah, it's it's very well very well acted, and I'm now it's been on five seasons, and they're putting out new episodes now, probably shot indoors, and <laughs> oh, fuck. whatnot. I have to edit that out. Edit that out. Yuck. I, sa- I saved the last one. Freeze the chart. I saved the last one where you said, edit that out. Oh, that's a- I hear that train coming. <laughs> coming around the it's bend. coming down. <laughs> well, shit. I better pour myself a whiskey. I hear that train coming, and I won't keep coming back. 
sneezed the man in Memphis <laughs> just to watch him die. He got that COVID-19 virus. He's going to load and die. Well, that's well I was just a poor boy. My father told me, son, sneeze on company time or you'll be undone. Well, well, got the big G's and the big sneeze coming to you live from Happy Hour FM. Play the sneeze and then play this, and you'll see that it's perfectly on, on key. You, you nailed my my note, my nasal note. My note. A ballad the other day about about a man telling his woman that he's he's sorry she's got to leave him for a short while but he can't go and march with her because he has a lung problem mm-hmm. and he the chorus is about him saying every breath he breathes he breathes for george floyd nice and the fuck that connection between him and his long suffering or long-term wife when i imagine any wife i imagine her if she's a long-term wife long suffering right (laughs) but it's up i'm going to remember the tune before too long but it's it's a it was a sweet it was a sweet thing that that came to me i love i love that idea of i breathe for george george floyd like yeah the whole being suffocated and those of us that were not suffocated need to do our part you know how fucking long eight minutes eight minutes and 46 seconds is it's these vigils that are people kneeling for that long or holding silent for that long that is a long time yeah anything to be happening <clears throat> yeah i was telling i was telling my kids about it i so i asked my kids the other, the other day i said do you know that there is trouble in america and they said, yeah, we saw something about that. And so to reiterate, they are 7 and 11. And and so I said, do you know what happened? And my 11-year-old said, yeah, somebody died and everyone is angry. And I said, that is shallow but accurate. To which she said, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> shallow. <laughs> How nice. How nice. And then he shirked off to the corner and wept. No, no, no. It's very shallow of you, son. I'll be gone with you. It was my daughter, my daughter. But and, and so then I went on to try and explain because Bain, where they are growing up, they know so few people that are not that are not uh, you know, white European colored. And they but however, my daughter is friends with an African girl that speaks mostly French who was in her class and my daughter loves loves this girl like she's according to my daughter she's funny and she does these pretty drawings that she gives to her to gives to people and so like she my daughter's a big fan of this of this african girl that doesn't speak a lot of spanish actually and so i Did i tried she, she goes to french classes but speak french i don't know not yeah, not right. really yeah right she might uh, catch words here and there yeah so I, so I tried to explain a little bit about what it is that the in America how much harder harder it is for black people than for white people and how we have this history of black people being property and how hard it is has been for 
the white people to overcome that assumption, et cetera, et cetera. And just a little bit of history. And they sort of were following along, but I don't, I don't really know. But, and so I explained that, look, we have this problem where the, we have this history of the largely white police often using too much force and often killing the black mm, populace and how everyone is just upset about this and how it's really sad that we even need to say black lives matter that like it doesn't it doesn't make sense to say that any one particular group's lives matter because obviously all all of them do and anyway i got a little bit across but it sort of glossed over them because like they're not in that culture and obviously they're they're young and how much of that did each of us understand when we were well, 7 or uh, 11 like it was very little so and spain had demonstrations because there's in the big cities 20 30 countries now that have yeah in, in madrid and in Barcelona. barcelona i'm sure there were demonstrations but we live in uh, podunk uh, fishermansville and there's been there's been nothing here and like the only black people that we have in our little town are uh, lately it's been maybe possibly second generation but mostly first generation like africans that have crossed the mediterranean to look for work in spain and have found just grueling manual labor on the fishing boats uh so a lot of the crews on the on the fishing boats that go out like for 20 hours at a time to do just really backbreaking work uh, a lot of those a lot of those people are, are are africans but what are they catching fish we got some sometimes it's sometimes it's tuna sometimes it's tuna sometimes it's what is in english mar marlin mackerel sometimes it's mackerel sometimes it's anchovies anchovies is the big main product of our region it's a big net yeah anchovies is a big net those are small yeah well it sounds fascinating well you need a big gross to have a big net right a little accounting joke in there you need a big gross to have a big net I mean, oh, take away your expenses. Yeah, right. Yeah, so clever, right? Anyway. Right. <laughs> so wow. there's there's been that. Well. How have your how has your family been doing? Everybody's uh, mustering. You know, we're opened up now. Restaurants with spaces and um. Masks stated as required, but not really. There's always some jerk off or two that still isn't uh, wearing a mask in a grocery store. It's just very irritating. But we haven't participated yet. I think we may still do some just takeout for a while. Right. But otherwise, everybody is kind of getting, you know, you doing their job much, 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 much reduced. But nobody's been ill. Good. Good. So, good. you know, and the, the weather's been. We're we're now you know our walk to the to the lake, yes. Lake Michigan. We're down to uh, four miles. Down to so meaning we'll have walked. That's that's all that is left to get to the destination until we, we hit the lake. Nice. We're now driving forty five minutes to walk. <laughs> right. Whatever length we walk, two miles, three miles, whatever. And now we're four miles from the lake, so we're with because now things are open, so we can get a drink when we get there. Nice. So we've decided to leave the last mile for the last day so that when we're done with our festivities, yep. we only have a mile to walk back. Right. So as up. opposed to any other, <laughs> you go over to one or 1.5 increments as close as you can. Those are the postings. Right. 
so we're looking forward to that. So we have two, two, two or three more walks to get there. So that's been a lot of fun for us and seeing different parts of the countryside between here and the lake, Lake Michigan. Yeah. I was going to say, hey, when you get there, you should do the walk back, but you've already done the walk back, sort of going back to the car every time. We've done it. So again and again and again and again. So 38 miles one way. By the time we get there, we'll walk 72 miles. And next, I want to do it on our bikes. Huh. I just got my wife's uh, bike fixed and ready to go. Mine is already ready to go. But I need my truck for that. So that's on loan right now. But load the bikes in. And instead of doing two or three miles of a walk, you know, which is a mile and a half, two miles, four, we usually do two miles in, two miles out. Yep. No less than three miles. But right. But on a bike, you do 10. Sure. Five in and five back. Knowing that the trip back is uphill got a 15 percent incline now i was going to say if you're heading towards water yep 15 percent doesn't sound like a lot but look at a protractor and just get a picture of 15 percent and realize that when it's sustained for 38 miles or mostly sustained it's uphill it's really uphill we measure angles in degrees not percent did you mean degrees <laughs> okay. Yes, fifteen degrees no, no, is a hell no, of an incline. That's not that. That's not that's not true. Uh, I laugh just because it sounds reasonable, but actually, this particular statistic is reported by percentage of um, what. And I'm just restating it. It's of zero. Every percentage has a denominator. Fifteen of a hundred. Yes. A hundred what? Fifteen. We need units. Hundred percent. <laughs> Hundred percent level. Hundred percent level. Level. So it's hardly level at all. It's only fifteen percent level. Now uh, you got the idea. A fifteen percent incline mean that it's fifteen percent off. Ninety degrees. No, fifteen degrees. Okay. What? I don't know that it's a temperature thing, but it might be. Okay, hold on. Fifteen degrees seems a little cold. Even if you're riding a bike. What do percent inclined equate to? We looked up on the internet at electric skateboarders dot builders. So I imagine a hundred percent incline would be straight up ninety degrees. And so we've taken yes. degrees and pulled it down to fifteen percent. So fifteen percent of ninety degrees would be ninety times point one five, which is thirteen. Your vertical axis your vertical axis is a hundred percent. Right. And your horizontal axis is 0%. Gotcha. And so 15% shows itself. 13.5 degrees. In incline. Yes. So, so we can do radians back too. Back to my but protractor, why which would is we? the way that I, I imagine this as a protractor. I mean. I don't, want to, I don't want to draw it out. I'm not. I don't want to draw, I don't want to draw it out. I, look, I, I'm very much in favor of farmers, so I'm certainly not anti-tractor. But... I guess you could call me protractor. <laughs> right? It's well, I'm more I'm, I have a world vision, so I'm geotractor. <laughs> you <laughs> which, which makes no sense. But... I was just listening to our episode for some reason I listened to these where you were talking about your earth moving tools where you were digging up your garden bed and whatnot. Right. And I'm curious how that is going with your with your dirt moving. 
And also, I, I want to get back to your it's workshop. Great. I want to know what's going on in your workshop. It's but. great. It's great. Because the, the, here is one of the tests. Was the soil loamy enough, a.k.a. absorbent enough, to withstand a pretty mighty rain? Or, or did it flood and some of the good stuff that I mixed in flooded out? Which wouldn't be terrible. It's just what you want to know. But it has to do with the observance of how well drained the soil is. The plants that I'm planting need to be very well drained. Otherwise, the roots will rot and they will be thwarted. And so that's why I use my magic fucking claw tool to go down yes. eight or ten inches and Wait. then I mix in my my potting mix. And as it turns out, the rain, it was loamy enough that absorbed it and puffed it up a little bit. And it's very, very good. Tomorrow I have delivered unto me three cubic yards of fine ground brown mulch. And now I will take those beds that are loamy and, and well aerated and weedless, because I did remove every weed, and I will cover it with three inches or so of a mounded uh, mulch. Mulch. Yeah. So, and then when I go to plant my plants, wait, you asked me, you asked me the fucking question I'm trying to answer. No, hold on. I've got to put this together. I'm saving this my follow up questions for, for later. Yes. Is, continue. I've had several beers and God knows what else. And I'm, continue. I'm trying to continue. keep it together to answer your question. Then it will rain on that mulch. And by the time my plants come, all I have to do is scrape the mulch away a bit, take my next tool which is shaped like a uh, diamond, a circular diamond, with the bottom cut off. So when you jam it into the ground, it forces you to create a cone-shaped hole Yes. into which you throw a handful of extra-rich soil and then press it into and then take that three- to four-inch mulch topping and bring it to the stem of the plant but near the stem of the plant, create a little indention, which actually is a, a little water basin, uh -huh. so that when you water that little plant, the water will drip down the main stem, go to the roots, which will then in turn uh, break down the soil into its nutrients and its runoff and its products, and the fucking plant will take off like a fucking miracle. Like, Boom! A, like a SpaceX rocket. Okay. Oh, yeah. How about that? So, uh, Lomi. You said that loamy meant absorbent, but that you didn't that you didn't want a lot of water in the soil. So, do you want loamy, or do you I not didn't want, loamy? want there to be so much, I, I didn't want there to be so much water that it overwhelmed the soil. You want to you want a Goldilocks loamy level. Space. Exactly. Okay. It's a Goldilocks syndrome. Okay. Just and, and it it is it, you get to a certain point where that soil in that particular trench that you dig which has its own depth once you go down eight or nine inches you're into the soil that's supporting your lawn and your lawn roots are two or three inches long so you've got a lot of absorbency right uh there you know particularly when it's loamy meaning less dense clay would clay clayy would be on one end of the spectrum and then loam Loamy would be on the other end of the spectrum. If it's clay, and you can plant in clay, 
Right. But know that you have to have a short rooted plant or a tubular root. A tubular root will run alongside the crevice, hit the clay, and then go left or right. Right. Whereas Obviously. a tubular root hits the clay and then is frustrated, and the plant becomes gnarly, gnarly, gnarly misshapen, never meeting its destiny. You've got to understand the root structure. The roots join together. They join the plants as in one canopy of just, you know, I, this is, you know, you can hear them growing when you listen. You can hear the roots expanding. You can hear the soil parting. You can hear the water being absorbed and the soil breaking down and the pebbles following the stream nice. and ending up in my driveway where I sweep it and push it into the road. For cars to run over and, yeah. Interesting. So I think we've all felt that frustration of a tubular plant that finds itself in a clay environment and gets all gnarly. Like, I think that's just, I think we've all been there. But it's, it's the story of each of our lives in such a poignant and almost heartbreaking way. So did you see, just to date this, that what, 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 what Michael Jordan, if you want to be like Mike, what Michael Jordan did yesterday no. in the, in the deep sea deep tournament, sea? caught a 400, four, deep sea, caught a 422 pound Marlin. Okay. And it wasn't one of the top five. He's going to go back out. I would not have thought when you said, did you see what Michael Jordan did yesterday? Fishing was not where I, where my mind went. No. But, hey, you know. No pun intended. No pun intended? There was a pun there? A pun intended. That's not where your line went? Mind, mind. What? Jesus. <laughs> I thought you said line. That's no. not where my line, like my line of thought, my my no. thread of thought. That's what I thought you. No, meant. that's you would have thought no that. No pun intended. You would have thought that as the as, I the, as the fisherman. Is that so terrible? Yeah. That's so terrible. Well, it's not loamy. It could be worse. It could be. It could be clay. Yeah. Yeah. So you could break clay in claw. Actually, you can do what? You can turn clay into soil using. The claw tool. The claw tool. When you hit the clay. Yeah. yeah. The claw tool. It's a miracle. It's a magic tool. The claw tool. You posted the pictures, right? That picture that you sent Did me you is, is what is what you call the claw tool? Yeah, the blue and the yellow handles. I sent you three shots. I don't recall the handle color. There was there was a thing that looked like a sort of a spiky wheel on the end. That, that was I, the trimmer. That was, that the was, the, that was, that was the edger. So before and after, before and after picture of the lawn, and then the wheels. I don't recall the claw tool. You described a tool that was like uh, they like curled back around itself. Got the pictures. You didn't let me know because I, I took three of them. I'm sure I sent them, but I may be wrong. Well, I guess then that means I'm not sure. So I said I was sure, but now you've, you've riddled me with doubt. Yeah, your your mind is not very loamy. Like. <laughs> No, it's more like clay. It's hard, hard to... baked, red clay. Rigid, but so stopped, what, with a, with a, with a proper face. claw tool. Uh, 
I saw a cartoon of Trump today, a massive caricature of his, his big fat fucking head. And it was like his head had been sliced in half so you could see inside. Yep. And he was doing a swab for a COVID-19 test. You said this to me. And you could see the swab go all the way back to the back of his cranium because his brain was completely missing. It was a very good image. A very good image. I sent you today 882 cartoons of Donald Trump. I got to 76 and said, stop, stop. Yeah, you told so me characters. you told me number fifteen was good, and I made it all the way there, and then was like, I I got shit to do. I'm not retired. So so here's lazy here's the question for a little research for your 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 downtime is so what is it true? My theory would be that Donald Trump is the most caricatured president ever, knowing that presidents are the most caricatured citizens in the United States. So it's the most caricatured of the most caricatured individuals. And I believe that we would find, it's my theory, that Donald Trump is more a son of prolific caricaturing than any other president in the history of our nation. Okay, to that, I would suggest that every single president is more caricatured than the last because our population is growing and there are more artists and there's more attention to be grabbed by images. And I think that I think that if you look back at the last few presidents, I think you're going to find that everyone was more caricatured than, than the previous. So, so that, however, as such, the question of degree. So when you go from Kennedy to Nixon, et cetera, et cetera, you know, LBJ, all those, all the way up and down the line, there would follow a pattern, which you're saying would be more of a trajectory of IT environment rather than anything else. Yeah, that, that you could maybe sense. do... You could maybe do like a per capita of citizens or something like to not per capita. Do well not per capita per 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 per, per message. No, no, well, per no, media message. No, no. I was I was saying to to control for the fact that if there if there are two million more people in America, then there are probably ten thousand more caricature, caricature artists, right? So if you controlled by that, but then it's a matter of publishing. Before there was, there were gatekeepers for publishing, and it was really hard to get your your shit published. Like, if you, when you were a teenager and you drew a, a funny drawing of whoever was president when you were a teenager, Benjamin Franklin or whoever it was, that you could that you couldn't necessarily get that published. But now, we can get anything yes. published. Anyone no get, anyone can publish anything uh, immediately with no with no checks and balances. And so well, that's there are no there are no more gatekeepers. Uh, the comparison. The, the comparison would be the number of caricatures per opportunities for caricature. Yeah, which is so measured how the media, which is too, too well beyond. A, I mean, it's it's a pretty complicated algorithm. Yeah, we're, we're we're doing a thought experiment. That's fine. Doable. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a happy hour thought experiment. Doable. We don't need facts. I'm reading a book, Winds of War, by Herman Wolock. Winds of War. It's about World War II. And it's uh, a military-based kind of uh, fictionalized historic novel with Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Hitler, and Churchill, and character after character. And one of the, one of the characters is a salty old Navy captain who's one of the, the lead in the story. And he has a daughter, and his daughter ends up quite 
to his angst as a military Navy man working for a newfangled television radio kind of show thing going on in New York City. And New York City. New York City. That's right. That's right. And and she she goes to visit her dad when he's on leave from his war preparations. And she's living in New York City as a young woman on her own. And she can't stay at his new Washington, D.C. house. She needs to go back to New York City because she's going to work late into the night on the television and the radio. It's radio, not television. And 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 she says, so you've got to know, Dad, we have this new show that we're doing because Hugh Cleveland, who's the radio host, Hugh Cleveland is going from post in all the, all the military posts throughout uh, America and elsewhere and traveling, and he's interviewing people there for an hour. And you must know that I had the idea for the name. Call it Happy Hour. Nice. Yeah. And I just said out loud to the book in the middle of the night with Eric and Dennis. <laughs> yeah. Turns out we're not the only podcast with that uh, name. No. There are others. And so, which makes us, like, it's not... We fail on search engine optimization, SEO, where if like if you tell someone, hey, there's a new podcast called Flunkenstein or whatever, then probably you're going to be able to go and find that thing. But if you say, hey, there's a new podcast called Happy Hour and someone goes to try and find that, they're not going to find it. Despite the fact that we despite the fact that we own fucking happyhour.fm, which is not cheap, by the way. Right. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/happyhour. We need we need some oh, donations there. Please. It's feed the meter. Feed the meter. The meter, the meter is hungry. Yeah. So. So. So imagine Donald Trump saying, "And George Floyd, looking down from heaven, he's happy because it's such a great day. It's such a great day." He's happy, smiling down, seeing these unemployment numbers. It's so good. It's so good for race relations. He's talking out about giving a major speech on race relations and race in America. I heard about this. Donald Trump. I want this so badly. He laughed off the fucking planet. I want this so badly. Please. Please, Donald Trump, talk more about race. Talk, Talk about how, I don't know, how... It's just mind-boggling. And for sure, there have been many, many articles that I've been reading lately about how, like, I'm so steeped in my male white privilege that there's so many problems in society that I just don't even see. And things like getting into a good college or having a good SAT score or stuff like that. Like, so there was a... I don't know if I've linked to this before in this podcast, but there was a great there was a great podcast series several months ago about IQ and the IQ test and what IQ is and et cetera, et cetera. And it's the the, the two most interesting findings were the IQ test is the best the best measure that we have, the, the most predictive measure that we have for future financial success. The higher your your IQ on the IQ test, the the better the more salary when you take it as a kid, the higher your IQ, the more salary you're going to have when you're when you're a grown up. And the other yep. thing, the other the other thing that we know for sure is that the 
higher your IQ, the more likely it is that you grew up in a white neighborhood and are white. Like it, like it's so it, it predicts both of those things, which are obviously linked. Like it's one of those things where causation is not correlation or vice versa. Right. I think it may be, but so like it's, it has been, and I'm linked to this. It was a radio lab series that that was excellent. So the the better your IQ score, the more likely you are to have been brought up in white American society, such that you you think the way that everyone expects you to think to succeed, which right. is dark as fuck. Like it has no bearing on actually your capacity to think or problem solve or any of that it's just it's so there's so much culture ingrained in the test that it's like do you fit with this culture that is the dominant culture and if it, and if you do then then yes you're going to do well and if you don't and excel in some other way that isn't part of this particular sliver of the culture then you're uh then you're not but it's a pretty fucked up and unjust world and it's our job as white dudes to you know, help as many people as we can to to try and get up to where we are. But it's a it's a struggle. Well, there's an interesting thing that is going to happen in this worldwide phenomenon is that the rethinking of the justice system at the end of the day is a rethinking of a hierarchical military paramilitary structure, and which has over the years gotten more and more and more responsibility in terms of what it does. And for example, it's the agency that's called when there are demonstrations. Well, one might question whether or not that particular agency should be the agency that's called on to do that. There could be a different agency. Let's call that the other agency just to be, you know, evident about it, Corps. And what the Peace Corps does is a group of people that go and attend the demonstrations with walkie-talkies and no weapons, and make certain that they do crowd control. Yep. And that is become a law enforcement function. And while it makes some sense there, the idea is to rethink it. That's when they say, let's defund police. They would have you believe that that means recalibrate the funding without defunding police, but it in fact means exactly what it says to defund. And Bill Blasio in New York City has already announced that he's going to slash the law enforcement funding, which is another terrible message for anybody uh, to put out that it's going to be slashed this is the time for thought-provoking interpretation analysis not for getting out of slashing is what what do you use a machete a big knife some violent Uh act slash wrong verb is is an emotional emotional response and it's like bill calm the fuck down and think a bit about what you're talking about and it's payback to the fucking police union that fucking hates his guts and didn't like him from his first fucking term when he came to talk to them about police issues they all in the audience turned their back on him nice while he was speaking. i heard about this yeah check my check my historical footnote there i doubt highly that it was all but it might be a bit over the top but it was pretty dramatic yeah so the the whole problem with like it's one thing if you're protesting the the war in, in Iraq or the war in wherever and the police are there and they are just sort of there to make sure that nothing bad happens but it's another thing if you're there to protest specifically the fucking police that are the ones that are there and every every chant 
hurts them. And every chant that they hear is against them. And how could they not escalate? Like, I don't yes. know. Yes. Your point that we need a different a agency to, to, to manage protests, a different agency than is the, the law enforcement agency, makes so much sense. And like, you, you want to say something that's just fascinating on these whole points. Look at the Bill Barr interview where he is trying to fucking run the gauntlet between what tear gas is and uh, the stuff that they sent out to create heat and tears in the eyes. Gas was a pepper, a pepper bomb or a pepper ball. Right. And this is a is truly a plant derivative, but it's been uh, chemicized. Chem- chemicalized and chemicalized. militarized. And yes, I know it's, there's a song in there oh, somewhere. Yeah. But look at the interview where he says, he says, no, it wasn't tear gas. And the interviewer says, tries to get in and says, but when it, but when it exploded, everybody started crying because it caused tears in their eyes. And, and his response is just incredible. Incredible. That may be. But it's not a chemical. It's not tear gas. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. It's... Oh, fuck's sake. Yeah. And... I don't know. Like, I learned recently that... And this was new to me because I grew up as I did when I did. And I did not realize that what we call the police in the modern day is only a very recent invention. Like, it wasn't around yeah. for... Like 100, 150 years ago, there were no government employees that were tasked with when someone scares me, I can call them and have them come right. and tackle this person to the ground. That well, pre- previously it was all about the Pickerton. It, it was all it was all about. Do I know someone big and strong that will come and help defend me if I need them to? And this whole thing of the police was more about the capitalists that were gaining a lot of wealth and needed their wealth to be protected so that people didn't come in and just take their, their, their gold or their cash or whatever. So they needed a group of people that they could call or depend on to, to remedy that problem. And it like the Pinkertons is who they call the Pinkertons, the Pinkertons. Yes. Okay. For a higher police agency. Right. And it was because of businesses making the money that the government said that's a function we should do. And it's it's the story of capitalistic infusion into government democratic processes. Well, that would be in the goddamn show notes. Look at the similar type of history. Look at the, the history similar to private-run prisons and, and how, how that is a similar kind of question as to what the fuck are we paying people to do? <laughs> yeah. So happyhour.fm slash 063 is where whatever the Pickerton's reference is going to point to. I do not know about that. I am going to learn about it because... And that is a good note. That is a good note to depart. Like that note? Or a low note? Oh. 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 Okay, well, hey, if we end on a flat note or a sharp note. Can you hit that note? Where where are you tonight? tonight?
it. <laughs> yeah. So in my editing of the last episodes, it's been like, okay, we have the same song. You don't, you don't want this to be our classic ending. Yeah, sure. Sorry. It should be, you know. Every time from now on, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. All right, go for it. Where are you? Yeah, all right, I love you, man. Oh, oh. Good night. Love you, man. Where are you? He was yelling. That's it for episode number 63. You can go find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 063. And of course, as always, you can support us at our Patreon at patreon.com slash happyhour. We would really appreciate that. And most of all, we would appreciate that you guys stay safe and donate to Equal Justice and just be good. We'll see you next week.